It is the Narrator Podcast. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, George Marroquin, also known as Comedian DJ Cooch. I hope you guys are having a great day. I'm having an amazing day. I'm actually in my neighborhood in Playa del Rey at uh, one of my favorite places called Moe's. If you guys ever get a chance to come check it out, come see my boy Moe's. One of some of the best steaks ever. And uh, my guest today... Dude, uh, somebody I'd admired, a good friend of mine, buddy, uh, just a, a great, great guy, and we're having lunch. We're just having, he's having, uh, what are you having? Fish and chips, brother. Fish and chips with fries. <laughs> he's going very, uh, is that an Irish dish? It is an Irish dish, is right? You're so. going to child today, and I'm having a steak and fries, having a couple beers and enjoying this conversation. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together at home. We're just snap your fingers, hippie style, for the one and only Mr. Martin Moreno. Martin, thank you for coming out, man. Thanks for coming out here and, and, and hanging out with me, bro. Bro, it's been awesome. I, I would have come out here even if we weren't recording a, an episode. The, the food's, food's fucking good, awesome, the company's right? good, the beers are good, and the weather's fantastic. Exactly. So. This is L.A. Yeah. This is L.A. People, oh, dude, I feel, you know, my heart goes out to everybody to Texas. in Texas yeah. and all the, all the way up to the to New England. I mean, it's not just Texas. There's five million people without no, power. No light, moment. bro. No light, no nothing. So the fact that we're out in the sun having beers, uh, we're blessed, brother. Yeah. And I don't take it for granted at all. I'm grateful for, for, for every minute of this weather, every minute of, uh, of, 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 of this life. Seriously, <laughs> dude, it's charmed. Uh, Thank you for the invite. Yeah, uh, and, Thanks. And, and fish and chips, is it Irish or is it a drunk dude's uh, excuse to have more beer? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I know you have coleslaw. My girlfriend doesn't like coleslaw. There's nope. no coleslaw. We're, we're a non-coleslaw family. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I, uh, I'm not the biggest fan. I know uh, there's a lot of people that love coleslaw. Yeah. If it's there, I'll tear it up. But I don't know that it's something that I'd order uh, regularly. Yeah, I learned to stay away from coleslaw. <laughs> because of your chick? Yeah. There you go. Um, dude, first of all, we got hear all the noise once again uh, we're just having lunch I wanted to keep this organic uh, because when usually I, I put an interview together I'm like okay what would this person like how could it be and there's nothing more organic than you you're like if Cheech and Chong had a kid you'd be the son like it, it, you're that dude like That's a huge compliment Thank for you. some reason I don't know why in my head I thought you were fucking vegan um, well, maybe it's the clothes I wear. It might be. You're wearing this. If I could describe your clothes, it's like a carpet. It's like a, you're wearing like a Persian carpet. You're wearing, dude, I shit you These not. These pants it's, are like uh, just stitched with a bunch of different. Uh, where'd you get those pants? Uh, the Venice Boardwalk. Yeah, it makes sense. All right, this all makes yeah. sense now, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, uh, Hooter calls them guru pants. Guru pants. Man. Yeah, my guru pants. Yeah. Uh, but you know, they're, it's like, it's almost like dressed up sweats, bro. You can wear them as pants, but they have like this elastic. They don't, I don't have to fuck around with a belt. I, I, I can just throw them on. Those are relaxed, bro. Um, they're chill. They're super Those are like chill. Sunday pants, bro. Yeah. You know and, how you put on your sweats and you're just like, uh, or you know, when, after your girl, you know, like, finally traps you like yeah, you're like hey man i'm just gonna throw this <laughs> like shit she on. just comes out with anything and like yeah just do it you know yeah. we know each other by now it's all good yeah like, hey, come out. they're comfortable and uh and that's me dude like i'm about being comfortable like look at my shoes bro i'm wearing freaking these canvas crocs bro during covid i've learned how to do that i used yeah. to get dressed up just to be at my house like an idiot wow yeah now i'm like oh me vale madre you know you have to you yeah. have to te vale madre you know i i uh i used to 
care so much about like you, you can't wear these shoes with with this type of this and you can't wear this with this and you still like you know it's not like I'm gonna put on dress shoes with a pair of shorts or anything like that you know uh -huh. like a like a crazy person but everything had to match everything had to be this everything had to be that and I think it's because you know my sisters were so into that and, and I got programmed by thinking that I had to do that and then eventually you're just like it doesn't matter it's not that important like who cares who cares it like, doesn't matter no more it doesn't matter no more I think it's because I think you just get older and things that you stressed about in the past when you were young all of a sudden it becomes like what I was worried about what are you kidding me right yeah. now that's insanity I, there's yeah, so many bigger things to be worried about I you know what like I, I haven't realized how dumb I was like when you look at you know just the things that you would buy mm -hmm. you know once you start getting a little bit more money and you know and like my girl always tells me like you're bougie and I'm like I'm bougie you know mm -hmm. you know because I like certain things certain way, but then as the older I get, the more I'm kind of going, you know what, I don't really need that no more. I'm good, I'm good, you know? I think I got over things and started investing in experiences. Yeah, that, that's what happens when you get older. Mm -hmm. When you get older, like, yeah, as comedians, we don't even, when we travel, we don't appreciate it that much. Mm -hmm. But the older you get, all of a sudden you're like, I'll take a day and I'll just go out and I'll experience, experience everything versus, yeah. Staying in my hotel broke as hell or something like that. Like, yeah. I'd rather just go walking. Who was the first person that I knew? Um, Eric Schwartz one time. Uh huh. Eric Schwartz. I don't know where we were, but uh, he goes, yeah, I'm going to go out. I'm going to go enjoy this. And I stayed. I was like, nah, I'm going to chill. And then later on in the years, I was like, dude, man, what was I doing? You know, mm -hmm. like, I, I'm only going to be in this city or in this country, whatever, only once. And that, mm -hmm. you know, how am I going to do that? So you end up burning the candle on both ends, but sometimes it's worth it sometimes the the light that you that you discover by doing that is so like whoa this is amazing Be uh, I remember when I the first time I went to Europe um, there was we were doing shows so there was like times when we'd show up we'd do the show and then the next day we were traveling out again and so the only time I would really have to go out there would be after the show oh wow and I, a lot of times I just stay out all night and then you know, again, burning the candle at both ends, but it was my first time there. Didn't know if I was going to go back. Fortunately, I've been able to travel back there a, yeah. a few more times. But at that time, you just, you're just so like, you know, uh, if you're fortunate enough to travel at a young age, you're beyond uh, blessed and, and you should be grateful for How old that. are you now? I'm 52. Oh my God, you're, f really? Yeah. Holy shit, Martin. Damn. Yeah, yeah. Where are you uh, from originally? Wilmington, California. And you've been doing comedy for how long? Started in 1999. You started in 1999. What was your home club? There was no real home club. At that time, there was no real uh, uh, clubs that had uh, a lot of brown faces in them. So I was at the Haha ha Cafe before it was a Haha ha Comedy Club. It was uh, a karaoke bar, and they would do comedy there. And I started going there. The first club that I started showing up to regularly was the Laugh Factory on Sunset yeah. on Monday nights. Jamie Masada's club. Jamie Masada's club on Monday nights had the Latino night. And uh, that's the only, you'd call in your, every other comic could call in their avails for every day of the week. As a Latino comic, you called in your avails for Monday. 
You know what? Uh, it's Monday. It's uh, I'm, I'm available next Monday. I'm available next Monday. And then eventually you just start saying I'm available Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday as well. Uh, not that it matters to anybody, but I'm freaking available. People don't understand that that unfortunately we've always, uh, as a Latino comic or as a as a black cop, Af- African American comic, you you comedy clubs would give you a certain night. Mm-hmm. You're only allowed to perform on those nights because mm-hmm. in their head the other people would not understand. You know, like, certain crowds won't understand your type of comedy or whatever. And I kind of, I hated to be that typecasted, mm-hmm. but I, me personally, my experience was that was the only resource I had back then. Yeah, refried. Yeah, refried. I remember I used to be one of the producers for the refried. Mm-hmm. You came and did some shows for mm-hmm. me and, and killed it back then. It was fun. It was great. I mean... And at the time, you don't even realize that you are being pigeonholed like that. You're just so happy to be on stage, especially when it's all new. Mm-hmm. When you start then real, when you finally start realizing, holy shit! And then, what was really crazy is that those nights were the nights that were sometimes the busiest yeah. for the club. And it's like, well, why wouldn't if these people are coming out on a Monday? What do you think they're gonna do on a Friday, bro? I, I, I you know what I mean. I wouldn't understand how they did that or why they didn't see that particular thing. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, obviously, you you never knew who would just show up at a show. You know right. the shows that I produce. I would have, I've had I've had many big big artists show up at my you know one Latin night show. You know just out of nowhere just show up because it's a, a crowd of three hundred people there, four hundred mm-hmm. people. Like what you're saying, you know those people are spending on alcohol. I I never understood that, and until today I don't get it. I mean, where you have to be a name in order to, to have a weekend as a performer. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm putting anybody down. I mean, the clubs help you out as much as they can. But Absolutely. And you understand it. You understand that, that they have to make their money. But, you know, I do believe that it's a market that hasn't been tapped. And at the end of the day, you've got, you're right. It's a business that has to make money. Um, a lot of times, a lot of comics are, are take it personal. And they're like, but I'm so funny. Why can't you book me? And it's like, well, it's great that you're funny. But how many people are going to come see you be funny? so that we can keep the doors open and, and pay the pay. staff. Yeah, yeah you know. Yeah. Um, and, and, and unfortunately, uh, funny isn't the, um, the all, it, it helps to be funny, absolutely. But there's, both you and I know a ton of hysterical comics that don't get booked because yeah. nobody knows who they are and they can't sell any tickets, unfortunately. You've got... YouTubers and TikTokers and no knock on them. They're grinding. They're doing their thing. But they've got a better shot of getting booked because somebody's going to come and see them and pay a ticket to come and see them. I have a friend that's a TikToker mm-hmm. and she was telling me uh, how much she made last year. Okay. And I was like, what? <laughs> I, I told her, what? She goes, yeah, I made about, you know, over a mil. You know, I'm doing good. And I'm like, Part of me is really happy for her. I'm like, oh my god, dude, congratulations. The other part of me, like, I want to stab you. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like really, dude? You know? Mm-hmm. And she thought, like, I just do this. You know, I just comment on whatever, and I talk about this. And I'm like, you talk about other people's doing things. That's what you do. Uh, and I'm like, you know, and you can't hate. It's the choice that she's made in life, and it's hey, man, successful. And, and it's what people are watching. And, yeah. and I don't knock anybody's hustle, man. I'm not I'm, at all. I'm happy not at for all. anybody Good that's for out there. Good for them. God bless them. Yeah, one, yeah 100%. A, I'm not going to be a liar. I hate it a little bit. Oh, yeah. You know, but. That, which is normal. But then you dust it off and yep. be like, just be a grown man. And you keep on grinding. Um, and if you hear the crunching right now in the background, it's my, uh, it's me chomping on this uh, on this piece of freaking amazing. Yeah, fish. you know what? I, I'm, my brother, my brother listens to all my podcasts, and, mm-hmm. and he's very judgmental on them. And I'm pretty sure he's gonna be like, "No, you guys should have had dinner, had lunch first, and then done it." Um, 
But you know what? This is. Kind of, I wanted to keep it organic, like I said, dude. Yeah, this no, is, no, that, this fits you. This fits yeah, who no, I'm, you are. I'm, I'm chomping in the background here. Yeah, and, and well, thank you for saying I'm organic. I, I I try to keep it as real as possible. Yeah, you. you know? How did um, now people? For those people that don't know, Martin Moreno is a is a very funny comedian, but he's also very funny for being part of uh, Gabriel Iglesias' very very uh, camp. No, I won't say your camp, but you guys are you know. I, I mad respect to Gabriel. Very, uh, so amazingly talented, and he's very true to his friends. Mm-hmm. He's worked with them, and uh, without knowing, you became an entity for for an uh, entity for for Gabriel it's, because you became Martin. Right, Martin. Correct. Yeah. When 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 he did that bit, I pick him up in the hood. I don't get out of the car. Martin. And yeah. then he screams my name, and. Uh, it that joke for some reason resonated with people and they just remembered and a lot of comics a lot of comedians will do a bit they'll make up a name they'll make up a situation I'm Martin like that's that's me I we've done shows where people say oh my god I didn't know you were real like that's uh yeah. that's crazy you're you're this dude um he's the one of the few comics where if you go to a concert and it's a music concert, people will start singing the greatest hits yeah. with the comedian. Gabe's the only—I mean, I'm sorry, not with the comedian, with the with the with, with the, the with the artist, with the singer. Gabe's the only comedian I've ever seen people repeat the jokes with him like they're a song. Do the punchline? Like, well, they'll do and they'll do the whole bit. To be honest, people don't understand that for comedians, mm-hmm. comedians come up with these jokes, and some of these jokes become the trademark. Right, you know, they become the, the the little things that they do to make recognize that person, you know. Mm-hmm. And your jokes become songs. Correct. I've done shows where people get mad because I didn't do a certain joke, mm-hmm. right? And same thing with you. Like, how come you didn't do a Martin bit, or you know, or you know, or Gabriel? You know, and what? so Gabe, when he does that joke, I've traveled the world with him, and people will scream. They're throwing my name in unison. And you don't even know. They don't even of people. And, you know, well, if I open for him, they know this is the fucking guy that opened for him. So yeah. they're, they're, they know who it is. There's a connection. That's so much energy being thrown out into the universe that way. When, when, a, when a, uh, a collective group of people is screaming your name out there like that. Mm-hmm. It's very powerful. And, I, you know, and people are like, oh, does that shit get old? No, it it, Not it, it it could never get old, and you're a piece of shit if you say, "Oh my God, I can't stand them scream my name." It's like, what do you? Don't yeah. be so pretentious, you know. Don't have you ever seen somebody yourself. say that? I, you know, there's people that get like, you know, man, why does it have to be blah blah? blah. It's like, stop it, you know. Be grateful that people are 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 thinking about you. You know, why are you even in this in this in this business if 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 people bother you? You know, but for me. You know, uh, I don't want to use the word humbling because it's just so A, overused, and B, it's like, is it really humbling? I mean, these people are screaming your name. You're feeling like, like, holy shit, you know, it's, 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 uh, I, I don't even know the right adjective to tell you, mm-hmm. you know, because it, it, there's this feeling that just happens when you're hearing your name. Like, you know, we're in freaking uh, Germany, we're in Sweden, we're in Norway. People are screaming, Martin. I can't see a German yell, Und Martin. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, bro? Uh, I'll be in Australia. These people, oh my God, you're a legend. And I'm like, a legend? Like, I, I, I'm everything far, from, from a legend, you know? But 
the stories that he told, um, uh, you know, most comics have to get a special on a major uh, uh, platform in order to get the type of recognition that, that I got yeah, that based on this dude doing a bit about me, which is, you know, uh, and, and there's some people that are like, oh, well, yeah, you know, that's, it, you didn't do that on your own merit. But I'm like, go fuck yourself, you know? Like, you know what? I'll, I'll take it, you know? <laughs> you know, that's, you don't even look at that. Like, um, people don't understand that, like I said, it's a journey and mm -hmm. people are going to get where they're going to get at their particular time, mm -hmm. when the time's right. right. You know, when it, that was supposed to happen, and you know, to you, that's a blessing, you know. You know, I started comedy when I was in my early 30s, which, uh -huh. is, a, which is late, you yeah. know, for most people, you know, mm -hmm. at that point. Um, the fact that doors opened up, how they did, was almost like catching lightning in a bottle, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I didn't think, you know, but then again, when people would say, oh, in order to perform there, you have to have TV credits. I'm like, nah, there's got to be another way to perform there. Yeah. And sure as shit, I ended up, you know, getting into different venues, doing different things, doing different shows. And it's one of those that I always felt like I could. Yeah. Like, there was nothing in my being that, that had any doubt, you know? Like, no, this is what I was meant to do. This is what I'm going to do. And... You know, you can call it manifesting it. You can yeah. call it whatever the heck you want to do it, call it. But at the end of the day, if you don't believe in what you're doing, then how do you expect anybody else to believe in it? Exactly. And uh, unfortunately for me, I did. I mean, you know, I was my biggest fan for a long yeah. time. <laughs> I'm my number one fan, hey, bro. you know what? And, I sent myself my own fans letters. <laughs> Dear George, I love me. You know what I mean? Um, nothing wrong with that. How did how did uh, you and Gabriel Iglesias hook up? Like, how did that happen? I'm just curious. You know, I'm just because I'm pretty sure people are asking. so. Um, one of the first places I saw Gabe was at um, a place called The Odyssey out in Granada Hills. Doesn't even exist no more, right? Probably not. Yeah. There was a comic named Gil named Gilbert. Well, there's still a comic named yeah, Gilbert amazing Esker. comedian Gilbert Escom. And uh, he used to promote shows out there, and he had Gabe up there. And I remember I saw Gabe there, and I was like, "Holy shit, man! This guy is hysterical." It was before he blew up, mm -hmm. and he was on a show called uh, All That on Nickelode Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon. My son at the time was nine, ten years old. He'd watched the show, and. Um, I remember I told him, hey, man, you know a guy named Gabriel? He goes, yeah, that's uh, from, from Nickelodeon, from all that. And so I then saw him at a VFW hall in Wilmington performing. Here's the funny part, not to interrupt you on that, but uh -huh. people don't understand that when you're a comedian and you're hustling, yeah. you go from one night at yeah. the so-and-so comedy club, blah, blah, 100 people. Yep. To the to BFW, huh? the BFW mm -hmm. with a bunch of seniors over mm -hmm. 60 years old looking yep. at you going, what is he doing type mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. This is part of the hustle. It is. And so I saw him there and said, hey, bro, my son's a big fan. He goes, oh, I got some headshots. I'll sign a, an autograph for him. Super gracious, super cool. Uh, and from there... I took off to a club called Tortillas. It was Tortillas at the time. It That's then became the old, Wild Coyote. The uh, Wild Coyote, mm -hmm. which one day I need to do an episode just talking about the Wild Coyote. Yeah, and so Wild Coyote, before it was Wild Coyote, it was Tortillas. And I showed up 
And uh, who was hosting during that time? It was Felipe Esparza. So uh-huh. it already had passed the Willie stage. Well, Willie was still hosting it at the time. It was Willie and Felipe hosting it. Larry Omaha would host when they were on the road. Um, uh, so before that, before it was tortillas, I think it was called Prime Cut. Prime uh, Cut. And I wasn't there for that. Yeah. I... So I go to tortillas. And uh, I'm trying to just get on stage. I'm just trying to get stage time. Yeah. And in walks Gabe. So now, you know, I'm, I've run into him in one weekend three times. And I manifest from, from, from all from, well from all of a sudden nobody's ever seen this dude. To all of a sudden, this dude's just popping up everywhere. Yeah. Uh, so he's like, dude, I just saw you at Gilbert Spot, and I go, yeah, I'm just trying to get some stage time. And then I got thrown up on stage. I'm pretty sure I fucking bombed my ass off. That was a very rough room well uh, tortillas was one of those places that you had to go show yourself there yeah. it, was, it was i always uh <laughs> i always said it was def jam comedy mm-hmm. for mexicans yeah it was the apollo of the west coast thank you right you yeah. know and, and and maybe that you know not knocking the apollo at all that's a a landmark no historical but it's one of place, the apollo's a place where you have to show correct and that's where they're, they're go, you're either they're gonna if you suck they're gonna tell you that yeah you they're suck. gonna tell you so yeah and over here you had a bunch of uh bikers right a lot of bikers and a lot of cholos which yeah is a, telling you which drunk which, bikers and drunk cholos which is a different type yeah. of you suck uh-huh oh yeah <laughs> and um good god <laughs> Jeez, uh, a I, bunch I, of memories just came to my mind right now. Oh my uh, God! George. Were you there for, for that one guy that that ended up missing, the Arizona guy? Uh no, I wasn't there for that. Uh, this is uh, just to tell you guys how bad tortillas was. Not mm-hmm. bad, but just how rough. How rough tortillas was. There was a comedian. Uh, there was a certain bike club that used to hang out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I should sell their name. I, but I don't know that I would. There was a bike club that used to hang out there, and. Um, and pretty much, you know, they're there with their vest and whatnot, you know. <laughs> with their colors. And a uh, comedian shows up from Arizona, begs for time. I wasn't there, but uh, it's an infamous story from this place. Begs for time <laughs> and tells, you know, the the host tells them, hey, man, I'm going to let you up. But just remember, don't talk about Sonpo. Don't do this. Uh-huh. Don't make fun of these guys, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Warned them. Mm-hmm. He gets up there and apparently the first thing he does is, uh, what troop are you on the Girl Scouts? And starts pointing at the guys with the vest, you know, are you guys here selling cookies? <laughs> Bro. And the end of the story is uh, he ended up missing after that. So Wow. That's that's the story I heard. And a lot of people verified that. Hey man, look, I'm I have no comment. <laughs> so anyway, I show up there, uh, we start talking, uh, and then I just start hanging out with, with Felipe, Gabe, and and a bunch of the comics that would hang out at that time. They, uh, then I get a call one day, uh, hey, uh, you're gonna go do the fourth and B. At the time, I might have had maybe five, ten minutes. Really? And they're like, you're gonna go do the fourth and B, you're gonna go host, it's a theater out in San Diego. And you're gonna host a show, uh, they're gonna pay you X amount, and you're gonna get a room. And I'm like, what? Amazing. I made it, you yeah. know? Um, Sign my contract. I, 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 right. I, I think my girlfriend at the time, I packed up G. Riley at the time. I said, hey, man, I got a room. It's two beds. We'll all stay in the bed. <laughs> I'm going to get a check. And, 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 you know, we're in the back. And, and, and I think G. Riley in the, in, the, in, the, in the green room. There's a green room. Uh, bro, you know, you're doing bars, you're doing VFWs, and all of a sudden you're there's in a no green room at a theater. Yeah. And there's, there's snacks in there, there's a stairway to the stage, there's a, 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 a and, I'm, and he goes, 
damn, bro, you fucked around and got a real gig. <laughs> like, it was just, you know, we still talk about that today. There's, there's so many things that have happened in my life, but there's certain things that you remember. That there's was certain my first events that theater. That was my, you know, and uh, I was supposed to do 20 minutes, I remember. I had five, dude. So I'm, I got to inject crowd work. I'll talk about this. I'll talk about that. You know, so I, 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 I managed to pull through the set, uh, and and uh, and it was just, you know, it, doors started opening. Uh, I'm a firm believer in, in that in life, when you're meant to be doing something the universe conspires to help you achieve what you're doing mm-hmm. and doors will open and and when certain doors close other doors open and all of a sudden things started opening i started meeting people that ended up being you know huge superstars in the game and give me uh, an example some uh, well, examples well, well, gabriel Gabri- Gabri- yes, you know obviously uh, um cat williams for crying out loud you know i remember cat williams when he used to host a show at the um, Hollywood Park Casino Jesus. on Tuesday nights. Are you serious? And even back then, Cat Williams was a superstar without being a superstar. Are the stories he had about a couch. him true? What do you mean? The stories about how he would have somebody with an umbrella. Oh yeah, outside Bro, of the improv. Homie, homie, he had he had women walking, beautiful models walking you up to the stage. There might have been twenty people in the audience. He didn't care. He'd interview you after your set. Like if he was Johnny Carson on the Tonight, like it was Jay Leno, he would sit you on the couch and then he'd interview you for the guest and he carried himself like a star, like a star. back then. And, and I remember doing a show there and, and somebody came up to me and said, hey man, I want to book you uh, for a show, it pays this much. And I'm like, yeah, and it's a warehouse. And, uh, and we went to this warehouse. Oh my God, Cooch. It was... It was like a buffet of food. People paid an amount to get in. They could eat all they want. They could drink all they want. Mm -hmm. And then there was about, I kid you not, about 50 strippers after the comedy show that just came out. Where are these gigs? Uh, Bro. (laughs) And I'm like, dude, when I told people that were already established, like, oh, yeah, we did. They're like, how the hell did you get this gig? Oh, the Cal Williams show. And somebody there booked me for it, you know? And, And I remember, like... Dude, they knew that there was strippers coming. That audience knew. And I'm up there trying to, they're like, shut the fuck up, Paul Rodriguez. And I'm like, I'm not even, what are you talking about? They didn't care that you were up there. They didn't give a Dude, dude, there's beautiful women coming. Get out of there with your monkey ass and your joke. We don't care. And, uh... Uh, but but yeah, dude. Uh, him, um, you know, Felipe, who in his uh, uh, is, is doing big, big things. He's doing so amazing. A, a ton of people that I, that I met right away were uh, again. Um, it eventually ended up being you know uh, super Joe Coy for crying out yeah, loud. Yeah, Joe Coy he used to show up at and I love Joe, Joe. And Joe's out there. You know, he's selling out the the the, the forum now. Yeah, you exactly. Know? Um, so it, it's uh, like again all these. Doors just started opening up. Uh, I got on TV shows like two years into doing comedy. Mm-hmm. You know, I got on Que Locos. I got on Local Comedy Jam. I got on blah, blah, blah. And it, it was one of those like, you know, I, I I didn't know any, like, I had no clue 
of what was happening. It was literally uh, like being on a roller coaster and just hold on. Wow. It, it, like, it wasn't like, you know, like I had a, like a, a master plan. It's not like I had a blueprint. It's not like I had a mentor. It's not like I had anything. Bro, when I tell you it was dumb luck, uh, it was dumb luck. And, and again, when something, when you're meant to be doing some, there's a lot of things that I tried in life up until that point that were, were great things, but they never were fulfilling and it was always uh, a dead end, you know, type of a thing. Yeah. And, and again, when, when doors open like that, it just, uh, it, it gives you a whole different perspective. Like, uh-huh. okay, well, this is where I'm supposed to be. This feels right. You know, it's, you, you even feel that with the relationship. You'll get in a relationship and it's like, Jesus Christ, it's like pulling teeth. Why am I here? Yeah. And I'm here because of comfort. I'm here because of whatever the case may be. And then you get into another relationship and you're like, oh, sh- I didn't oh, know Oh, this is what be. it was supposed to be like. Correct. That's where you I'm know? at right now. And, like, that's, oh, and, okay, and when awesome. you experience that, your perspective just changes on everything else in life, you know? Mm-hmm. You're like, I'm not going to force anything. There's a saying in Spanish that says, a huevo ni los zapatos. And that means that by force, you can't even get shoes to fit. Yeah, you know, uh, if that's the wrong size, you're not gonna. You might squeeze it in, but it's gonna hurt, and it's gonna be painful, and you're not gonna be able to walk the right way. Yeah, when you find the pair that fits, then you're gonna do bigger things. You know, there's a lot of. Uh, young girls that try to walk in heels and they look like you know like 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 uh, like a baby horse you know and then <laughs> like uh, a newborn you, horse don't, walking yeah, around don't, yeah don't if the shoot doesn't fit yeah, don't it's put not it time to put it on yet yeah. you know and um, and that's the thing that's why I wear a freaking Crocs bro <laughs> you are, I just want to be comfortable sir I've always said this about you like, you are hands down one of the most comfortable comfortable Comforter. Comfortable, comfortable looking comedians I've ever seen in my life. I don't know if that's a compliment. You know, when you see, you know, like like brothers, man, they got style. Me, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll put a little a swag on. You know, oh, yeah. I I treat like I treat the the stage like I'm gonna go to prom. You know, mm-hmm. like I want to make sure I'm wearing my good jeans or whatnot. And that's fantastic. That's who I am. And I'll tell you why I don't do that. But you. I'm just waiting you and waiting for you to show up one day with that robe looking like the dude. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I would. Trust me. <laughs> Do you know why I dress chill? Why? Um, I put on a suit one time. Wait. One time. I just started. And George Lopez was at his peak. Okay. During the Lopez show? Or? Uh, right before the, the TV show when he was just... When he was, was hitting right after the, the King of Com- the, well, the Latin Kings of Comedy? After the Latin Kings of Comedy. There was an interview with him, and, and, and they asked him, you know, and he said, you know, all these guys now, they, they, don't, they don't respect the stage like, yeah. like, like back in the day. You know, you're, you're a professional, and you should show up as a professional, which is the old school way of thinking, and yeah. I don't knock it. That's fantastic. And, and he said, you know, if I'm just dressed in some jeans or whatever, he goes, I'm chill. But when I put on a suit, I put on that suit and something gets triggered in me. And I look in the mirror and I hold my suit and he pulled his coat, you know, and he goes, and I know it's time to go to work. And I was like, wow, that's That's awesome. That's impactful. impactful. So I went and got a suit. I went and got a suit, bro. (laughs) 
I did a show with a suit, and I, and I went in the bathroom before I went on stage, and I pulled it just like George, and I said, <laughs> Looking like Eminem, you better oh, lose it in the movie. <laughs> it's time to go to work. And I bombed my ass off, bro. I died a miserable death. And I remember, and I remember Gabe looked at me and goes, why the fuck are you wearing a suit, bro? That's not you. And I goes, George said it's time to go to work. And he goes, well, it works for him. But you got to be you. You got to find gotta, out who you are. Find out who you are, exactly. Like, it took me a while to find out <laughs> who I wanted to be on stage. Your mm-hmm. voice, even finding your voice and what you want people to take away from your show, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, you got you to gotta figure that out. That's part of the journey. You know, right. you can't just go up there and put on a suit. Just because I'm wearing a suit it doesn't mean I have the material or the content. Correct. So... So yeah, I totally get it. Like now I found out who I want to be on that stage and what I want to do. Like, oh, I love the hats. I love my look. I love, you know, it's taken over. And it worked for you. Yeah, it worked for me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It works for who I am. It works for you. This is you. Nobody can do you no more. You know what I mean? Nobody nobody can come up with the, with the, (laughs) with with the cocaine pants on stage. (laughs) And, and be like, oh, man, but you're comfortable. That's who you are. And, and it, it, when you're comfortable, that's when you perform the best. And, it, and it, you know, you're right. You do have to find out what is it that you're trying to... Because, you know, you, you start comedy and you just want to be funny. You, yeah. You just want to be funny. I want to be funny. And then, you know, people used to shit on Jamie Masada, the owner of the Laugh Factory, because mm-hmm. he'd always say, what's your point of view, buddy? What's your point of view? What is your point of view? Uh-huh. But, you know, he's right. What, what are you selling? What, are, what is your point of view? How are you looking at this? What's your perspective on this? What do you have what's to say? What's your take on this? Mm-hmm. You know, um, when Bob Hope passed away, they had a, a big thing at the uh, Laugh Factory, every club had a, you know, like in memoriam yeah. type of thing. And I remember uh, Paul Rodriguez showed up. Uh, it, was a, it was a Monday when, when he showed up and, he, and Bob Hope had just died. And he was uh, up there, uh, you know, saying, I, I want to pay tribute to a, a, a legend. He goes, that I had the, the privilege of meeting. He goes, the first time I met Bob Hope was at the comedy store. And I walked up to him. I don't even know if Paul remembers this story. Uh, but I, it, it's, it resonated really hard with me. Uh, he said, uh, I went up to him and I said, hey, Mr. Hope, you know, I'm a, I'm a young comic. And uh, what advice would you give to a young comedian? And I thought he was going to give me some jokes. I thought he was going to give me some tags. And, you know, maybe uh, uh, some way to fucking find some gigs, something. Yeah. And he looked at me and he said, find out who you are. And when you go on stage, let us know. That's awesome. I've never heard that. And he said, and at the time I was like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? And he goes, he goes, but now that I've been in the game for as long as I have, and this was almost 20 years ago, bro, uh, he says, uh, it's probably some of the best advice he ever, any, uh, I ever received. And he goes, so for all you comics who are out here listening, he goes, this isn't from me, this is from Bob Hope. Find out who you are, and when you come on the stage, let the audience know. And then he walked off on that. And, and it was super, uh, I was fortunate enough to be there that day, and, and it was like, wow. And you know, to be honest, I think you spend your whole life finding out who you are because who you are keeps evolving. 
the minute that you say this is who I am and this is it, well, you stop growing. So as you evolve into who you are and becoming who you are, then that's what you try to bring on. And that and who you are hopefully will continue to change and evolve into a better version of you. Wow. That's uh Wow. Damn, Martinez. Dude, are you on acid right now? <laughs> no, bro. I'm on fish and chips and a little bit of beer, homie. Shit, dude. <laughs> I'm just deep right there, dude. Um, I just... I'm a motivational speaker, motivational bro. Speaker. <laughs> now, you're a big, big uh, advocate. Uh, uh-huh. Is that you? No. Uh, you're a big advocate for, uh, for weed. Okay. Do you get high before... First of all, how long have you been smoking weed? The first time I smoked weed, I was 13 years old. Tell me that experience. Uh, I was in, at uh, middle school, which at the time was called Junior High. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wilmington Junior High in the city of Wilmington. My homeroom was room 38, horticulture. And I remember I had been exposed to weed all my life. Uh, since I was a kid, elementary school, I used to see, you know, people smoking weed. Uh, there was weed all around. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there was the, you'd go to a Mexican party and the marijuanos, the, the potheads, would all walk away together. And then they'd all come back wearing <laughs> shades, chewing gum you already with their eyes red. And yeah. you knew who they were and you knew what they went to go do but they still had to leave to go do it. You could drink as much tequila and beer as you want in front of the kids, just don't you dare. And a cigarette, yes, light that cancer stick up, but a cigarette, don't you dare, you motherfucker. The hypocrisy is, to this day, it's brutal. Um, And so at 13, there was no dare, there was no none of that. Uh, It was actually very, uh, my neighbor sold weed. We knew that our neighbor sold weed. I was a little kid knowing that there was weed being sold next door and so it wasn't a very big of course the parents always said don't do it don't do it you don't want to be a marijuana you're you're a weed you're a loser you become a this become a that but they would still have a little bit of side on with the alcohol in it good for la rima for your legs of course (laughs) and so i remember uh people would uh uh when i got to middle school by that time i would say that over 60 percent of my friends had already tried it I was the only one that had been, you know, kind of hesitant. But you've got to figure, fucking 11 and 12, you got no business smoking weed. So at least yeah. I held out till I was a teenager. Um, and so they're like, we're going to go smoke. And I remember before class, everybody went outside. And there was these little bungalows. like little, It was a horticulture. It was the garden. So it was this huge garden with a bunch of bushes. You could hide in there really easily. And somebody busted out a joint. And they started passing it. And I remember smoking and hitting it, choking. I, I still remember, like, like it was yesterday. And, uh, and it was like, I can't believe they told me to be afraid of this. I can't believe they said this is so horrible. Like, what's so horrible about this? this I had already tried alcohol. My dad had been giving me alcohol my whole life. If you had to describe weed mm-hmm. the first time you hit it, what would be that description? The taste was just like, whoa. And immediately my, my mind just was like, I was ultra focused, almost like I would say somebody that has ADD that, I'll, that gets Ritalin or, or uh, uh, what's that other, uh, uh, what's that other drug that helps you focus that everybody was on in college recently. Anyway, uh, Adderall. 
at all. Yeah, uh, it, it it almost like it brought everything into focus for me the first time, and then I just kept smoking it. I was sober for a bit for a stretch of time in my life. I I didn't drink or smoke for close to ten years. Um, and what time? Uh, what, what during what time? Were you a comic already? No, no, no. From my early twenties, I by the time I was twenty. Three, I want to say, I already had two DUIs. Jesus. And, uh, Good for you. Salud. Well, I, you know, not proud of it. Uh, I already had two DUIs. I had already, like, um, I ended up in a, in a hospital. I, I had a really, like, I, I, uh, I drank a lot on vacation. I was doing blow. I... Ended up getting a bacterial infection, and I was when when I got off the plane coming back from Stapa, they took me straight to the. Uh, I literally was gonna say, were you in Mexico? I was, and uh, <laughs> when we got off the plane, they took me straight to the ER. Those are paramedics waiting for me there, um, and they took me straight to the ER. I remember on the way to the ER, I'm telling my friend, man, where are we going? Go Kaiser, Kaiser Harbor City. I go, you know, I was born there. My sisters were born there. My son was born there. And my friend goes, motherfucker, you better not die there. <laughs> we got there. Uh, I had two IVs. They took me in right away. I had two IVs in my, in my arms. Severely dehydrated. And um, Damn, bro. the doctor looked at me and he said, I don't know what you did, but um, you're, you're you're so dehydrated that your heart was about to start going into life-threatening arrhythmias. Like, if you got here, like, a couple hours later, you you wouldn't live to talk about it. And he gave me some pills, and he said, you got to take these, and uh, you absolutely cannot drink while taking these. And I was like, and I, I'm looking at, I'm, I'm two said, DUIs. said, I live or die. I'm, I'm two DUIs in, <laughs> I almost die, and I'm like, well, you know, and I'd been to AA. I'd been to AA a million times, you know, because the, the judge made me go or whatever. Yeah. But this time I was like, you know what, I'm going to, I think it's, maybe I do have a problem. <laughs> maybe I do have a maybe problem. Maybe I do have a problem. Maybe there is know? something wrong. Maybe there's something, you know, going on here. And so, so I went. And, uh, and, you know, a big props to everybody that's still in the program that, that, that uh, you know, um, that doesn't drink because... You know, you do get on that. Uh, if you're a true alcoholic, you do know that you... Um, uh, once there's a, a, a switch that's flipped in your brain, you know, and your ball's deep drinking, you can't turn it off. Yeah. You're, you're just... You, you're going to wake up and be like, what the fuck happened last night? Yeah. Which is a very scary thing, you know? It's a very scary thing. And, and you know, I, I, uh, when I did start drinking again, I'm like, I got to avoid these moments. And you try as best you can. Uh, I I I do I do realize that I, I um, alcoholism is a disease. I do uh, I I do acknowledge that. I also acknowledge that it's hereditary. It's in your genes. Uh, it doesn't when you have a gene that's already in your brain that predisposes you to it. Doesn't mean that you're going to be it. But if you drink en enough, you will become an alcoholic. That's yeah. just a fact. And so, am I an alcoholic? I think I am. Do I? Do you think you're an alcoholic right now? I think, well, once you, you can't get rid of it. It's once you're an alcoholic. You just never, have to learn how to control it. And you'd never do. 
and, and, and I think that's the big delusion is that you think you can. Now, fortunately, because I'm older now, I can't drink like I used to. And because I so still have to function. So your body slows you down. My body slows me down. And now when I drink, you know, and I've said this before, is I do it because, and, and I know that if I go hard as fuck, it's going to take me a day to recover, a full day. Yeah. And But I'm going to go hard that night, you know. And, uh, and so uh, how the hell did we get here, bro? the hell are we talking about? I don't know. That's just what I do in my you know, interviews, We're man. talking about something. I make you feel comfortable by eating food. And then the uh, <laughs> next thing you know, we're fucking opening up about You're my, opening uh, up about yeah, something no, you, you, um, you never really talked. Well, you know oh, what? Smoke, first time I smoked weed. No, here, and so then I stopped smoking uh, during that time. When I smoked again, it was... Um, Weed had evolved <laughs> to a whole nother level, sir. Dude, here's, my goal, my goal with this podcast mm-hmm. or with this, uh, you know, with this interview is that a lot of people know you and I want them to know who you really are. And the problem with comedians is people think we need to be funny at all times. Right. We have to be on 24-7 and the fact is it's not like that. No, no. So, I, I, as a matter of fact... It bothers me when somebody's on 24-7. It's like, motherfucker, can we have a real yeah, conversation? Yeah, can we have a real yeah, conversation? And that's what my goal is with my with, with this. So mm-hmm. you talking about that, you know, is, is great. That, that to mm-hmm. me, I like that. There's mm-hmm. people right now like, oh, I didn't know that about Martin. It's crazy, um, you know? And, and so, but um, now when I, when I smoke, I realize I'd, I'd rather smoke than drink now. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I enjoy drinking. I love drinking. I enjoy a good tequila. I enjoy a good bourbon. Um, I enjoy a, a good craft cocktail. I enjoy a good craft beer, you know, um, a, as well as a, a lager. Yeah. You know, uh, I'll run the gamut. There's people that say, oh, I hate the taste of, of alcohol. Unfortunately for me, I don't. <laughs> I enjoy it. I enjoy it. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and, and and my goal now is to be able to get to an age, if, if, if I'm blessed enough to get to, you know, 70, 80 years old, I don't want to be, oh, you can't drink or you die. You know, I'd like to have some champagne on Sunday brunch. Yeah, I'd exactly. like to have, you know, a glass of wine with a nice piece of steak. Uh, uh, I'd like to have, you know, some beers with friends on a sunny day. Uh, I, I, I enjoy the social uh, uh, aspect that comes with drinking. There's definitely a dark side and there's definitely a lot of mistakes that, that have been made under it. But there's also, uh, it's like a yin and yang, you know? Mm-hmm. And just because those mistakes, it's, it's, it's funny because everybody's rock bottom is relative you know if you total your car uh, and you were loaded uh, chances are that's your rock bottom exactly if you total your car and you were loaded but you have enough money to fix that fucking car (laughs) and buy another one the very next day that's probably not your rock bottom. Yeah. So your rock bottom is always you, relative. You're good. You're good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's exactly. relative. And so, you know, it's, it's uh, unfortunately, um, some people end up, you know, hurting uh, other, you know, when you're driving drunk, the probability of, of, where the fuck are these dogs? There's a lot of dogs, bro. 
uh, oh, the, is, right? the probability of, of, of hurting other people while you're driving, it's, it's very irresponsible. Again, I am not, I don't, when I talk about having those DUIs, I'm not proud of it. Uh, it's, there's, there's, it's one of those things that back then you couldn't call a taxi. You called a taxi, it was almost impossible for them to get there. In yeah. this day and age, there's no reason why people should still be getting DUIs. Yeah. With Lyft and Uber being as accessible and affordable as they are, uh, you've got to be an asshole to, to get a DUI now. I've always believed you've got to be an asshole and your friends have to be assholes. Correct, to let you drive like to that. To let you drive or let you do something stupid like that. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, so no doubt. Now, let's change the subject because we got really deep, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, you... You now, your, your son, people don't know, you actually have a son, Hooter. Mm-hmm. How, for, first of all, how the name Hooter, is that his nickname? Please mm-hmm. tell me that's his fucking nickname. Yeah. Okay, what's his real name? Martin. Martin, so he's mm-hmm. Martin Jr. Mm-hmm. Your son's a comedian too. Mm-hmm. You guys have um, two, po- well, you have two podcasts. You have one in English, one in Spanish. You mm-hmm. selfish bastard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> just, I'm going to take over the world one way or another. Uh, you guys have the Yo-Yo podcast, right? The Yo-Yo-Yo podcast. And that is you and your son. Mm-hmm. How did that come about? In 2017, uh, we got off the road. Uh, Gabe decided that uh, he needed some time off. He yeah, sometimes you need it. He needed he needed to just regroup, and uh, you know you got to figure he'd been on the road at that time for 20 years. Uh, he grew up on the road. He was raised on the road pretty much, and he needed time to 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 just you know decompress and 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 for mental health. And there was a big you know I'm not putting anything on blast. There was. Uh, there was some uh, um, statements that were he made statements. Uh, there was a lot of press releases that addressed it. And uh, at that time, he he really didn't even know if he wanted to even go back out on the road. It, wow. was, it was that um, you know it's that moment that everybody reaches to as a, as a human being, not just as a comic. Yeah, it's a turning point in your life when you're like, hey, wait a minute, what happened to the last twenty fucking years? You yeah. know, and. Um, for me, you know, I came back from being on the road. And when you're on the road on a consistent level, to the level that we were out there, you can't get to a certain point of success that gave achieved without sacrificing uh, your family time, your personal time, and even yourself to an extent. Yeah. Um, it, it comes with the price, you know? And so when, when we all come, came back, it was like, I came back to a grown man. That was my son, that's my son. And um, at that time, you know, people, there was, podcasts were a very, you know, um, novel thing. They came and they went type of a thing. Uh, Mark Marin was the first person to yeah. actually blow up from a podcast. A brilliant podcast, you know. Uh, um, and then, all of a sudden, when Mark blew up, everybody and their mother started a podcast. And people had like five podcasts, and I have ten podcasts. And I remember um, there was a sketch that, that uh, Amy Schumer did talking about like, stop it. Nobody else is going to blow up from a fucking podcast. Just stop, you know? <laughs> and, and, uh, and I remember I took that as, as truth, uh, unfortunately, at the time. And I was hanging out in uh, Irvine at the Irvine Improv at the time and, and one of the dudes that was working the door and I can't remember his name but anyway we're sitting there we're talking and he says dude how come you don't have a podcast and I go ah oh, dude you know 
and then I'm, I'm over there being a parrot saying the same shit Amy Schumer said. Uh, you know, those things came and went, and Mark Maron blew up. Nobody else is going to blow up. He goes, dude, he goes, I'm a mass media and communications major over at UCI, and uh, they haven't even begun to start. You know, podcasts are evolving, yeah. and, and it's literally in the infant stage. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to argue with this fucking guy. And so immediately that seed was planted that I needed to start a podcast. And, and so I, I tried about three different ones with different uh, co-hosts. And I probably recorded, I want to say, somewhere around maybe in the neighborhood of 10 to 15 episodes with different people. Mm-hmm. And they never felt right. They felt too planned. They felt too staged. We're going to talk about this. They were very like, uh, and I and I thought that's how it had to be. You know, I didn't really know what I was doing. I was sitting there and, and trying to figure out, you know, who the right combination was going to be. And then I was talking to my son, and I was like, "Fuck, we should do a, we should do a podcast." I had just gotten off the road. I really had I had time all of a sudden, and I had all the equipment, and uh, and I remember. I'm the kind of person that if I don't have the artwork, the title, the this, the that, everything has to be perfect. You produce. And then, and then I was like, fuck it. I'm not going to let that stop me because I'll ne- it'll never be perfect. It'll never be right. We didn't even have a name for the thing. We had no, we were in my living room. <laughs> we put all the equipment on an ironing board. <laughs> And I remember I had this dude helping me out, Victor Valena. We still, it's the same music. It's his music that we use as the intro. And I said, you know, my problem is I can talk. I just don't know how to start it. Like, yeah. what do I say? And he goes, Martin, you, you just say yo, 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 and then you go. And then I started laughing. And he goes, and I go, you know, it's not a bad idea. <laughs> Let's just say yo, yo, yo. And that's how I ended and, up being and yo, so yo, yo. we didn't even call it yo, yo, yo. We literally just started the episode by saying, yo, yo, yo. Holy shit. And we'd say, yo, 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 and then we'd start talking. And um, That's awesome. And we put it out there. It didn't have a name. Uh, it, didn't, uh, it didn't have artwork. It was just a picture of us with the headsets on the couch in front of the freaking ironing board. I and, think I remember seeing that picture, bro. And then we uh, eventually said, why don't we call it the Yo 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 podcast? You were and one of my inspirations for me having a podcast. Thank you. Because <laughs> I was like, if Martin could do it. If Martin can do it, why the hell? I can do that <laughs> shit too. No, actually, and, I did. I did the same thing where me and Brian McDaniel, we had one. Mm-hmm. And we just always felt I was always on the road. He was always, you know, busy. And it just the same thing, you know, problems mm-hmm. happen. Mm-hmm. But now, because of COVID, I think that it, it just helped out. But mm-hmm. you were. I listen to a bunch of podcasts. I listen to everybody's, you know, all my friends and all my people, and I see what are they doing, what are they doing, and I kind of wanted to see what I could do that's different or Mm -hmm. offer something different. That way, to me, it's more conversational. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. I think that's clicking because I want people to know who, I want people to know who you are. Yeah, no, and and that's that's awesome, dude. I mean, um, it's interesting that COVID did that for you, you know, because it, it gave you the time all of a sudden, right? And the same thing happened to me. And I remember looking at, Hooter said to me, he goes, listen to X podcast. And I listened and he go, and I go, bro, it's all over the place. He goes, exactly. 
Mm-hmm. He goes, we don't have to be any kind of, he goes, you just go. You're having a conversation with someone. Yeah, that's all I want. I don't- now, there's some podcasts where they're extremely structured and they're very successful, and that's great. <clears throat> yeah. That works for them. What works for me is just having a conversation like we are right now. We're having a couple of beers, and me and Hooter do that. We'll talk about, you know, his week. We'll talk about my week. We'll talk about the kids. We'll talk about whatever the hell I, whatever pendejada I got into. And, and it just, fortunately, people like listening and peeking into our everyday life, you know? Yeah, exactly. and, and it doesn't have to be this overproduced uh, thing, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, there's... You know, there's, uh, you know, NPR now has a podcast. Uh, you know, MSNBC has a podcast. Fox News has a podcast. Everybody has that podcast format. Um, and it's funny because we were talking about, you know, uh, he said that he was watching the news and the sports. He goes, I remember, he goes, I remember being a kid and listening to the news to see who won the game because that's how you would find out the score to the game. You know, it's before you could go. Yeah online and check it out, right? He goes, but now I can go online and find out the score in real time. You know, he goes, and these asshole reporters are still doing the sports talking about, and the Lakers score, we'll have that for you when we come back. Are you serious? Like, what what are you talking about, bro? (laughs) You're teasing me with this? Really? I could turn you off. Let me go on Google real quick. Correct, you know? And, And it's so crazy that these people are still doing it that way. And I think that people are approaching podcasts in this in this archaic way as well. It's mm-hmm. it's like, listen, you're not bound by any kind of rules. It's not the wacky wacky morning zoo, you yeah. know. It's a, a, you're not a radio station DJ. Correct. Yeah. And and I think a lot of people approach it like that. Yeah, and and that's where I see people fail and stuff. To me, like, I want to be able to give my audience something. Uh, the people that follow me, mm-hmm. and and I, I I mean, I look back at my life. And I'm like, wow, I've done some crazy shit. Why not share it? You know, mm-hmm. why not share it? Why not have these great conversations with people that I know that people, I'm pretty sure people will be like, oh my God, I, I didn't know there was a person behind Martin, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> not to be an asshole, but you know what I'm saying, right? Mm-hmm. Of course. People no. didn't, I went by DJ Cooch from how many years? Yeah. People didn't know my real name. That's fucking sad. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. You know, so so to me, it's like, you know, this is a great way of, of, of being able to give something out there and show people who we really are as far as not just being guys trying to be silly on stage or whatever. This is who the fuck I am. This is who the fuck you are. And that is awesome. For me. And, and telling people, listen, man, you know, there's I started comedy at 30. Mm-hmm. You know, I came from a place where most people were told you can't do this. You can't do that. And, and at the end of the day, don't let nobody tell you shit. If you're listening right now, uh, whatever it is that you want to do, you can fucking do it. It's, it's never too late to go out there and It's never too late, never too early. No, man. And, yeah. and, you know, I think if COVID has taught people anything, it's that everything could be taken away from you uh, in the drop of a hat. It doesn't matter how secure you think the road you took is. It really isn't, mm-hmm. you know? It really isn't. So fucking take a chance on you, man. Now, I did your 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 podcast in Spanish. No te asustes. No te asustes mm-hmm. podcast. Guys, check it out. Um, you know, join it if you speak Spanish. If not, get yourself a Mexican friend and have them translate it. But <laughs> hands down, I and, and I swear, man, I came back home. I, I went back to my girlfriend. I was telling her, I've never had such a great... It was so organic. It was so great. Just kind of 
I've never had somewhere where I explained exactly who I was and where I was and where, who I was in my life and that stuff. That was a great episode. And I, I got it so much. And like, I got to know a lot of things about you that I had no fucking idea exactly, about, you know? Man. And, um, you know, that thing came about because I started doing Spanish comedy and I said, I need to work on my Spanish. And then I'm like, well, I can speak Spanish. I'm, I'm fluent in Spanish. And I said, why not start a Spanish podcast? You know, just throw it out there. Hmm. And it gives you the opportunity to work that muscle out. Exactly. And I think, you know, um, as much as, as, as fluent as I am, I still struggle. Not as much anymore, fortunately, because I've been doing, you know, I'm sitting there for an hour and a half every week speaking nothing but Spanish. Yeah. And that, when you exercise that muscle, man, it feels good. You sit there and you're like, sometimes you'll, you'll hear somebody say, what are you? No, no, motherfucker. That's not how you say that. Dude, my, my, my <laughs> sister listened to the podcast. She's like, oh, my God, your Spanish sucks. I'm like, bitch, I'll call immigration on you. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, dude, you came in the raw dogging that because when was the last time you actually had a conversation in Spanish for that long? No, no, it hasn't been. It's been, I swear, it's probably been a year. Uh-huh. You know, like even with my mom, you know, I, I talk half-ass Spanish mm-hmm. and English, so it felt good. But more than anything, like it felt like, um, like your podcast, your your being on your episode was. Uh, I, I talked about stuff that I never do because, when, like, when you do radio, you you're in the mode. I'm right. in that mode, mm-hmm. you know, that comedian mode. And in that that episode, I wasn't, I wasn't really. The goal wasn't oh, I just got to be funny. The goal was. I just needed it myself. Yeah. And it was awkward. It was weird for me, but it was. At the end, I listened to it and I thought it was one of you know one of the best interviews I've done. So thank no, you. Was man. Great. That was that awesome. Was great. Man. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, I got to do that again. Most definitely. I'll, I promise I'll be more Mexican next and time. It, and not, dude. It's not. It's not even about that. It's just about sharing time with with people and and, and introducing them to you know my audience to your audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a. It's a small community of comedians, and I, and the the sad thing is that unfortunately, there's been a lot of um, uh, of times where where people just oh I don't get along with this guy I don't get along with that stop with that we're, shit man. we're grown Dude, we're grown ass we're, people come on it's old. time I'm too old yeah. for that kind of <laughs> exactly. shit you know and and uh, I I you know I'm a I'm a big fan of you you know thank you uh, not God just bless as a you, com- not just as a comic but as a person you're a great fucking guy thank you, you know? bro that means and, a lot man. You know, the, the, the most people have nothing but positive things to say. Uh, you know, I'm sure that there's people that, that have to talk shit about me. And to me, it rolls off my back, you know. Uh, I, they can say whatever they want, but they're not going to say that motherfucker fucked me over. He did yeah, this, he exactly. did that. You know, yeah. I, I think I've been fair you know, to, to Cheers to, to that people. one. That, that's the perfect way. To, thank you, know? you, man. I appreciate that, dude. Now, before I end this, mm-hmm. what do you want people to take away from Martin Moreno's interview? From Martin Moreno? Yeah. You know, I think if you want to take something away, this is what has shaped my current view of, of life and how to approach it, is a, uh, a dissertation or speech by Alan Watts. You can find it on YouTube, and it's called Society is a Hoax. And it's fucking brilliant. Society it's, is a hoax. Society is a hoax. All right, I'll check it out. Most and, definitely. And uh, and when you start listening to that, you start realizing you gotta you gotta live your best life now, not when you're old and your dick don't work. Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's the best way to put it, right there, bro. Mm-hmm. Now, 
if um, if people want to find out more about you, what Martin do they have Moreno. to do? Martinmoreno.com. Martinmoreno.com? That easy? Everything? Every, all my links are on there. Um, you know, my podcast links, my show links, my... Everything is on martinmoreno.com. Uh, that's the. Not everybody has social media, but everybody can go online and go to a website. So they could go to a library and, and yeah. go yeah. <laughs> right. You see what I'm saying? For free, the so, government pays so, for it. So, but yeah, martinmoreno.com is where you'll find all my links. Brother, man. Now I don't want to spoil this, but you and I, mm-hmm. uh, we do have a project that we're planning to do together. Correct. Should we say the name of it already? We are doing. Uh, we not so fast. Uh, we not so fast. Keep this in so your heads, fest. people. Yes. We not so fast. Yes, we're gonna have, you know, uh, uh, it, it's going to be an event. You know, once COVID hit, you realize if you think things are gonna go back to how they were, they're not. It's not. Not for it's a while. Not, not, not for, for a another while. year. And so, you know, what is it that I enjoy? I enjoy laughing. I enjoy drinking. I enjoy smoking weed, and I enjoy camping. And when you can put all those things together. Uh, why not? And I enjoy music. Exactly. You know? So I think we're going to bring that to the people. We're, we're collaborating right now. And as soon as we have more information, we're going to put it out to you guys. But, yeah, keep an eye out for uh, for the first annual We Not So Fast series. It's not just going to be one. It's going to be a couple. I think I think it's going to be fun, man. I'm excited yeah. to do that. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to collaborate with you. No doubt. All right, guys. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this. I, dude, thank you. I, I like, like I said, man. In, in the first time you interviewed me, man, I, I admire you. I, I, you've always been somebody that just is just cool as fuck with me. And, and thank you for everything you, the advice you've given me. Thank you for wearing those dope ass pants. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I it's just crazy, bro. I don't know about the pants, but <laughs> Martin, man, I love you, bro, and uh, I will see you soon, my friend. Thank you for being a part of this. Thank you for having me. Uh, the respect and the admiration is mutual, brother. It goes both ways, and uh, thank you for uh, uh, again for the invite. Thank you for the hospitality and. Uh, and cheers to uh, cheers. cheers 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 to a great 2021 and 2021 the rest of, and 2022 and the rest of our lives and the rest of your life we coming whoever's at listening you. whoever's listening have a fantastic fucking life god bless y'all my name is George Marquin and this is the narrator podcast see y'all soon <laughs> <laughs>